The first atomic bomb was dropped on Hiroshima. Over humanity! The fires of frustration and discord are burning. And Let us not forget for a moment the toils and efforts that lie ahead. They say that those who forget their history are condemned to repeat it. This is the History Lessons Podcast with certified financial planning practitioner Patrick Huey, author of History Lessons for the Modern Investor and your guide to financial wisdom in the past, present, and future. You ready? Good. Let's get historical. Historical? Oh yeah, you betcha. This is the History Lessons Podcast for the week of October 30th, 2023. I am Patrick Huey, author of History Lessons for the Modern Investor. And if you're a modern investor seeking some historical perspective these days, once again, you're in the right place. This week, we'll be talking about trick-or-treat, heliocentric humility, and sitcom stock tips. But first, the news. It's the season of fright and... You know what's truly scary these days? Well, it's not the economy. At least not when you dive into the latest financial news. Consumers, it seems, are hopped up on a sugar high. They spent 0.7% more in September. Good spending rose the same 0.7% in real terms. Uh, It's up 2.4%. Meanwhile, spending on services increased by 0.8%. New orders for durable goods were resurrected in September a big contributor to the 4.7% increase was the 92.5% surge in commercial aircraft orders. Even when the usually volatile transportation category is removed from from here, orders still rose by a healthy, decidedly undead 0.5%. In Q3, real GDP grew at a monstrous 4.9% annual rate. That's the fastest growth rate since 2014 except when we exclude the COVID reopening in 2020 and 2021. Core GDP, stripping out government purchases and inventories, increased at an extremely healthy 3.3% annual rate. It's like some unstoppable force is possessing the economy, at least for now. And yet, there is some reason for trepidation this week. As ever of late, the spooky ghost of inflation made its presence felt as PCE prices, the Fed's favorite inflation measure, rose by 0.4% in September, bringing the year-on-year increase to 3.4%. Inflation is that trick-or-treater who keeps knocking on your door and taking more and more of your candy. Seriously, beat it, kid. It's just not funny anymore. Next up. We'll charge the Wayback Machine and head back in time for this week's history lesson. But first, this word. Interest rates are rising, and your annuity, purchased in the last decade, might not be keeping up, which means your financial plan may be falling behind. So if you own a deferred annuity, fixed, indexed, or variable worth more than $250,000, now is the time to review it and make sure it is doing all that it can for you and your financial plan. Let us help you keep your retirement on track. Introducing Victory Independent Planning. VIP turns complex financial matters into clear and confident solutions so you can relax and enjoy retirement whenever it arrives. Get the annuity review kit now. This complimentary kit includes 
a variety of checklists, resources, and ebooks to review the fees, features, and flexibility, or lack thereof, in your current annuity contract. It will even help you assess your overall investment goals and the people who are offering you advice. Get the kit today, because you can't teach an old annuity new tricks. To learn how VIP can help you review your annuity, click on the link in the show notes or go to victoryindependentplanning.com. That's victoryindependentplanning.com. Sign up for peace of mind today. Uh, Alexa, charge the Wayback Machine and set it for 1500 AD. Charging Wayback Machine. On November 15th, 1500, at two o'clock in the morning, Nicholas Copernicus watched the shadow of the Earth mask five sixths of the moon during a lunar eclipse. Copernicus, the mathematician and astronomer, was in Rome and compared his own account to one written during the rule of Emperor Hadrian. From this, he developed a formula for predicting the positions of the moon. Of course, Copernicus would also later develop the theory of heliocentricity, putting the sun at the center of the solar system and not the earth. And that would make him a lot less welcome in Rome. Copernicus also used his mathematical skills on monetary policy, penning on the coinage of money for Sigismund the Old, King of Poland, in 1526. Even back then, old folks wanted to know why their money wasn't worth what it used to be. The scientist-turned-monetary theorist posited that an abundance of money, high supply, was inflationary because it was being spent on the same amount of goods. What happens when the monetary base is expanding and the supply of goods is shrinking? Of course, the answer is inflation, and you don't need to go back 500 years for an example. You're still living through one right now. The life of Copernicus provides valuable lessons for investors, including the importance of challenging the status quo, having patience, managing your risk, continuing to learn, and embracing innovation. But it's also about independent thinking, long-term thinking, and finding a balance between your conviction and humility. Of course, it was Copernicus's heliocentric theory that challenged the established belief system of his time. Perhaps it's time to challenge economic dogma in a similar way, especially the part about spending and debt levels not being inflationary. Copernicus relied on his own observations and analysis rather than following prevailing beliefs. And I think we should too. I return to this story once again this year, as the good news is the expansion in the money supply moderated considerably since the double-digit advances in 2021 and 2020. Indeed, it fell by more in early 2023 than at any time since the Great Depression. Then it saw a bit of a renaissance itself before falling again this summer. This is why many policymakers who seem to believe the universe revolves around them find it more and more difficult to combat or even explain persistent inflation. Gosh, if only a scientist could explain it. Turns out one did. We just need to listen. Wayback Machine disengaged, returning to the year 2023. Finally this week, we're heading on to the mailbag. You've got mail. This message comes in from Rob, who checked in via Facebook Messenger. He says, we lost two sitcom stars in the past weeks, Suzanne Summers and Matthew Perry. May they rest in peace. What sitcom provides the best investment lessons? Yeah, the world is definitely a less funny place these days for a lot of reasons. But 
the passing of those two sitcom icons sure doesn't help. But for me, there's really only one sitcom that does anything to explain the world of finance, and that's the show about nothing, Seinfeld. What's so great about Seinfeld, you ask? Well, the writing was different. It was smart. The plots were simple. They explored mundane aspects of life that everyone related to, like waiting in line, looking for a parking place, or what to do with the remaining chip after you've dipped and taken a bite. And the characters never learned anything from their misadventures. Seinfeld, the comedian, not the character, had only one rule for the show's scripts. No learning and no hugging. Everyone remained indifferent and sometimes callous, never seeming to grow or become a better person. It was so close to real life that diverse audiences not hailing from New York still fell in love with it. Two episodes stand out for me. The opposite. Okay, In this episode, George realizes that, and I'm quoting here, every decision I've ever made in my entire life has been wrong. My life is the complete opposite of everything I want it to be. Well, Jerry notes that if everything he did was wrong, then the opposite would have to be right. And hilarity ensues. This is contrarianism, doing the opposite of what others and perhaps your own instincts tell you to do. It's the antithesis of herd-like behavior, and it can be attractive to a lot of investors, especially if you have a more than healthy fear of groupthink and conventional wisdom. But blind contrarianism isn't a foolproof plan either. Any success can be fleeting. George does eventually lose his job and his fiance and moves back in with his parents. Contrarians, like the rest of us, are still prone to bad episodes where they learn nothing and have no one to hug at the end. Instead of outright hostility to the norm, try a bit of callous indifference. Now, for investors, the other episode worth a rewatch is the aptly titled The Stock Tip. In this classic episode, Jerry receives a stock tip from a friend, but he panics when it craters. Here's his quote from the show. Don't worry, I'm not going to do my Seinfeld uh, impersonation that I tried in an earlier episode. I, I got a lot of comments about that. Anyway, here's what Jerry said. I'm not an investor. People always tell me you should have your money working for you. But I've decided I'll do the work. I'm going to let the money relax. Okay, don't take stock tips from comedians. And don't let your money relax. Trust me, the work is usually worth it. Of course, if you choose to ignore the cautionary tales of George Costanza and his friend Jerry, well, my friends, no soup for you. Well, my fellow historians, that's all for this week. Check out my book, History Lessons for the Modern Investor. That's available on amazon.com. And be sure to do all the social stuff with us. Like the episode, follow us wherever you see or hear your podcasts. We're available on Substack, or on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on YouTube. Until next week, when we'll take another rollicking romp through the past and make an investment in your future with history lessons for the modern investor. See you next week.